in our first week of Abide. You know, I asked uh, the Connect Group leaders to ask you to bring your journals. If you're in a Connect Group, you've got a journal that looks like that. And uh, if you don't have a journal, like just because you forgot to bring it, that's okay. Uh, but we're going to use it today, so I want you to make sure you use it. I think the ushers might have some extra pieces of paper. Uh, if you need something, you can go and talk to them. And then also... Uh, uh, if you don't have a journal because you haven't signed up for a Connect group, uh, there's still time. There's still room. We're making room for you. Uh, and, you know, it's not because we just want you to get a free book or something like that. But the Abide uh, series that we're doing this fall, really what we're looking to do is to teach you and help you to abide in Jesus. Have a growing relationship, learning how to walk with him, abide in him. And uh, so uh, you can still be a part of the Connect Group series. Jalissa was saying how to do it on the announcement video. Uh, and if you missed all that, make sure you go to the Connect Center today uh, after the service or call the church uh, tomorrow and we will help you to get uh, into a group. If you heard the instructions on the, on the announcements and you know how to do it, then get signed up. And we have room and want to welcome you. Now, there's times in life where we say hello to things. Uh, I don't know if you uh, have gone through a season like that in your life and you say hello to something. You're welcoming something else into your life. I heard the, the song of a little baby. And there's times when we're welcoming a baby, eh? Isn't that great? I just love those days. In fact, we were talking about it. Uh, when our daughter Jalissa was born, uh, I think we were talking about at breakfast time yesterday, how her brothers reacted. Did they, did they love you? Did they kiss you? And, and they did. They don't want to admit that now, but when she came, they were like, hello, we love her, right? Welcome. And uh, then there's times in our lives where we say goodbye to things. We're saying farewell to things, and sometimes those are hard times. When you say goodbye to something that you really love or, or you don't want to say goodbye, sometimes you're saying goodbye to people. People are moving away or they're going into a new chapter of their lives or uh, someone passes away. And it's a challenging time to say goodbye uh, to people when you love them. Or maybe it's a change of job. Uh, maybe you work with somebody and they're moving on to a new job or going back to school. And it can be hard to say goodbye. It can be it can be a challenge. It can be hard, partly because it's hard to imagine what's next, right? Things have been a certain way for so long, and, then, and it's hard to imagine what could be better than what you have, right? It's hard to envision it, hard to imagine it, and it can be difficult. You know, one of the things we're saying goodbye to right now is summer, huh? We, I mean, it was a wet, cool summer, but still we're saying goodbye this morning. Did you have some ice on your car? You know, when I was coming into the office this morning, our car, my Jeep was icy, and uh, it can be hard to say goodbye. Eh? My wife was out picking the tomatoes and spaghetti squash, and we have a grape vine that grows in our backyard, and she was picking the grapes because she knew the frost was coming, right? And, and we're saying goodbye to summer. We're saying hello to winter. Not too many people like winter. But I do have a son, Judah, who, when he was a young guy, he loved winter, and I think he still does. You'll have to ask him if it's true. Uh, but he's, he used to pray for snow. He used to pray for winter. He loved winter. 
He wanted it to come, and he wanted lots of it, lots of winter. Loves snowmobiles and all that stuff. And uh, so some of us, you know, we're glad to say goodbye to summer. We're glad to say hello to winter. But most of us are like, oh, hello, hello, winter. <laughs> Here you come, cold and ice and snow and dark mornings and short days and all that kind of thing. But I want to encourage you, you know, even though winter's coming, uh, you know what winter gives way to? To spring. Huh? Isn't that great that spring will come after winter? We know new life is going to come. There's going to be some new things that happen, new growth, new birth, new, new dreams, new things are going to happen when spring comes. And if you're a gardener, you know that in order for things to live, things have to die. It's just part of the process of gardening. And my wife likes gardening, and, and uh, so she's been teaching me this. You know, we've almost been married for 32 years. Next month, 32 years. And so I'm starting to get used to her. I'm starting to figure her out. It's taken me a while, but she actually likes gardening. It makes her come alive. For me, it's like torture. You know, if you want to make me grumpy and torture me, send me to the garden. For her, it's like, ah, you know. If I start cutting the grass, she gets like kind of disappointed because she wants to do it. You know, me, it's just a chore, but for her, it's life-giving. I don't know. I don't get it. If you're a gardener, you get it. I don't, we won't get into all that. But Carla has a compost pile in the backyard. And so we throw, like, our potato peels in there and, and uh, onion peels, whatever. All the, you know, vegetable peelings and fruit and spoiled fruit goes in there, all that. And, and that, what happens in the compost pile is all that stuff decomposes. It dies. It breaks down. And a really rich compost or soil is there and in the spring she spreads that out on the garden on the plants and you know what it brings life because death gives way to life it's just what happens in the garden and as things grow in the garden we also prune and cut things back and what happens when we prune and cut make cuttings is it actually makes way for new growth like so an apple tree if you prune your apple tree you think well a smaller tree is going to have less fruit. It's going to be less fruitful. But actually, when you know what you're doing, you prune that tree, what it does is forces the life to go into the production of the fruit rather than to getting more bushy. And so the fruit becomes uh, multiplied, more fruit, more flowers, and then more fruit. Then it becomes sweeter, better fruit, bigger, bigger apples. Man, I I was telling this in first service, and I was starting to feel hungry. I started wishing I brought an apple. For an illustration, I could have taken a bite out of it, like a juicy, you know that apple is kind of tart and it kind of makes your cheeks get a little bit, oh, it's just like, oh, mm, mm, crispy, yummy. My next door neighbor has an apple tree and it grows over my fence. And so I can pick all the apples on my side. It's awesome. He's a great neighbor. And uh, um, so, yeah, I was talking about fruit and pruning. And there are seasons of life that God takes us through that are not always enjoyable. Because they're pruning times. They're times where God is removing things that are not so fruitful. Have you ever heard yourself complaining lately? You know, we're kind of in a time like that right now. The whole world is where we're 
things are being taken away, things we like, things we like to do, and things we prefer, and things we, we look back and long for. Wouldn't it be nice if our whole church was packed with people and worshiping and praising? I, I long for that. And inside, I'm kind of like, oh, it's taken away from me. And I can, I can whine and complain with the best of you. Anybody whine and complain? Some of you, some of you have, some of you haven't. Well, if you have not put your hand up, why don't you ask the person beside you? Have you heard me whine or complain? Come on, come on, let's ask. Go ahead. Come on, Quentin. I'm see you're not asking, Kent. Come on. Kent, Kent's gonna tell you, Quentin, you were whining. You were complaining, buddy. <laughs> if you said yes, then this is your day. If you've, been, if you've heard some complaining, if you've heard some, some grumping, if you've heard some what, things have been removed because Jesus has a message for you. You know, Jesus talked about this very thing in John chapter 15. And we're going to read a few of the verses from John 15 today. In verse 1, he said, I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. There's, isn't that amazing? I was talking about gardening, and Jesus was talking about gardening. Isn't that a coincidence? No, I thought a coincidence, because I was going to preach about this. So that's why I was talking about it. Then verse 2, he says, he cuts off every branch. Say it. He cuts off every branch. Cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And then this next verse is the memory verse we've been learning in our connect groups this week. Uh, John 15, verse 5. And it says, I am the vine, you, you are the branches. <laughs> if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That's what Jesus said. Then he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What can you do apart from Jesus? <laughs> what will happen if we remain in him? We will bear much fruit. Isn't that great news? Now, I want to just think about this. This is a memory verse that we're learning as a church. And I've learned it. As your pastor, just want you to know, I, I'm learning this. You know how I memorize uh, the Bible? I, you know, there's Bible apps. You can put it on your phone and all that. And if you know how to do that, I encourage you, then go for it. But what I do is I get a, uh, those yellow, little square yellow pads. They're called Post-it notes. And I write the verse on the Post-it note. And if you've been in my Jeep, you know there's post-it notes with Bible verses on my dashboard, on my visor, and all over the place in there. And what I do is every time before I start my Jeep, I read the verse. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know how I learned that? I wrote it on a yellow piece of paper, and I stuck it in my Jeep. And before I start my Jeep, today, before I came to the church at 8.15, I got out to my Jeep. My daughter was going to come with me, and I quickly read the verse. 
and I said the verse, and she and I, she listened to me say the verse as I was driving into the office today, to the church. And so, you know how it happens, is it happens as you intend it to happen. That's how you memorize. And so, I just want to encourage you, you know what, you can memorize. And one of the great reasons to memorize is so the truth and life of the scripture gets into you. You know, Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Keep this word of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You know, God wants you to be prosperous and successful in your life. How is it going to happen? As the word of God is in you. It's on your mouth. It's in your mind. It's on your, on your lips. It's in your thoughts. As you're walking through your day, it's just right there for you. Now, if you've been feeling uncomfortable in your life, if you've been feeling some loss, if you've been feeling some pain, then these are the reasons why. Because you're going through some pruning. There's some pruning happening in you. And... Oftentimes, that pruning is happening because God is doing that pruning. You know, when God says, it has to go, say that, it has to go. It has, when he says, it has to go, he's preparing you for a breakthrough in your life. That's what he's doing. He's preparing you. He's got better plans for you. He's preparing you to be more fruitful. He's preparing you to walk into some some success in your life. But there's some things that have to go. And God is preparing you and he's preparing our church for breakthrough and pruning brings fruitfulness in our lives. So I want to talk about three ways that we can know God is preparing us for more. Number one, we're going to move through these quickly. So if you're taking notes, uh, you can take notes. And if you uh, don't uh, miss something, you can find the right on the online church uh, button there. I think under notes, you can find my notes even if you're watching online. Now, God removes things in our lives that are holding us back. That's what the first way that you can know God is preparing you for more. He starts to remove things. Say that, things. He removes things in our lives. You know, excuses. <laughs> he removes excuses. <laughs> Pastor Greg starts putting his finger on something that you've been using for an excuse to, to not memorize. I can't memorize. I'm too old to memorize. Well, I'm 50, 55 this year. And you know what? I've learned over 30 verses of Scripture this year by sticking them on yellow sticky notes and saying them before I start my Jeep. You know, you can learn the Scripture. Uh, so your excuse just does not hold up. You can learn it. And more than that, it's going to bring life to you. It's going to bring strength to you. It's going to move you into fruitfulness and success as you learn the Scripture, as it's in your mouth. As Joshua said, I'm meditating on it day and night. It's always on my lips. You know, Joshua is one of the strongest, most, most uh, powerful leaders in all of the Bible. Joshua was. What did he say made him prosperous and successful? Knowing the Word of God. Isn't that amazing? He didn't say, I get up early and I start work before everybody else gets up. I stay up late and I write in my planner what I'm going to do the next day. No, he didn't say that. He said, what makes me prosperous and successful? Joshua 1 verse 9, you can read it there. Is having God's Word always on my lips. Always in my thoughts. I meditate on it day and night so I may be careful to do everything that is written in it. 
That's what he said. You can be prosperous and successful. I'm not talking just money and finances and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you wearing a big fancy gold ring or anything like that. I'm talking about you being able to follow close to Jesus and him leading you into what's best for your life. And you've been sometimes struggling and, and he's wanting to prune things out of your life. Excuses would be one of them. Stuff, you know, entertainment, things that have always been taking your place. Maybe you've never gone to a connect group and you've always got a reason why you don't go to connect group. Well, you know what? There's nothing to do anymore. There's nothing. You can't even go to a movie, really. Huh? You can't even be busy. You can't go to a hockey game. You can't even be busy. There's no reason why you can't know him and be pruned to abide in Jesus. The second uh, uh, thing that God removes in our lives is places. He removes places in our lives that hold us back. Places that we go that don't please him. Places that we go to look for meaning. Could be work. Could be uh, sports team or whatever. That you go to look for meaning. He starts to remove those. Has he been removing things in your life? Uh, places in your life. He removes people in our lives that hold us back. You know, other people that have agendas for us. You know, they're, they're saying to you, you know, why are you always talking about Jesus? Why are you always going to church? You know, they're always... Always trying to draw you into something fun that you can do. You know, I want to say something. If you're dating, if you're dating, if you're thinking about dating, that person is always trying to draw you away from what God has for you. The things you know that are the best in your life. And they're trying to draw you away. Well, I would like to suggest to you that that person is not the person that God has for you. Because the person that is God has for you is going to be drawing you closer to Jesus. Closer to his purpose. Closer to his plan. They're going to be encouraging you to love him more. They're going to be encouraging you to worship him more. They're going to be encouraging you to get into the Bible and study and abide. And they're not going to be dragging you away. You know, friends will try to invite you to go hunting on the weekend and all kinds of, you should go do this. And God will start to remove those people from your life. That's a sign that you can know I'm being pruned because God wants me to be more fruitful. Amen. So, number two, what's the second way that we know God is preparing us for more? Uh, so we talked about God removing things, places, and people. Then God uh, uh, leads us, begins to lead us into opportunities where we can find wholeness, which will set us free. What I'm talking about is God will stop the, the uh, hurt that we've gone through in the past, the wounds that we have in our lives, the things that, that affect us in such a way we keep developing excuses and, and uh, habits from our past pain, our past wounds that keep us going around the same mountain over and over. You know, you say, why do I keep going around this mountain in my life? How come I keep getting stuck with the same old loser guys, you know? I want a man that loves Jesus, you know? I want a man that, that, that has got a, some character in his life. But how come I keep getting stuck with these guys that don't even know how to put on their socks in the morning? <laughs> Well, it could be because of past hurts. 
Maybe your identity is too low. Maybe there's things going on that God wants to heal you of and bring wholeness into your life so that you can move on to the best things that God has for you. Number three, how do we know God's preparing us for more? God will begin to draw you to spend time with him. He begins to present opportunities. You know, Pastor Greg brings up opportunities like the Abide Connect group happening when nothing else is happening. I got no reason not to go. Man, there's an opportunity where I can begin to spend more time pursuing Jesus. There's an opportunity for that to happen in my life. He begins to interrupt your time because he wants to speak to you. Anybody's time been interrupted these days? It's happened, hasn't it? All kinds of people are telling you what to do. Have you got into your car lately and turned on a, the radio and a song is there and it's almost like there's a message in the song and God is speaking straight to your heart? Has it ever happened to you? It's happened to me. I remember one time I was arguing with God. I was a young guy. And I said, God... If you want me to live for you, you got to show me that you're with me. And I was in a, in a, at a camp, and I walked out. It was an evening. We were in a chapel service, and I walked outside, and there was northern lights. And I, I just looked up, and the northern lights caught my attention. And all of a sudden, there was an angel. Like, I mean, like an angel of northern lights, like right straight above me and there was these wings just like this and they just swept forwards like that towards me I tell you man I was like in tears bam because God is saying I want you I want to spend time with you and things will start to happen in your life where God is saying hey hey you <laughs> hey you Greg <laughs> I got my finger pointing at you. <laughs> How do we know God is preparing us for more? He starts to present opportunities. Verse 11 of chapter 15. Jesus said this to help us to know he wants us to spend time with him. He said, I have told you this. This is Jesus speaking. So that my joy may be in you and that my joy may be complete. Aren't you tired of being tired? Aren't you tired of just doing things on your own? Aren't you just tired of trying to make it in your own strength? Do your best, all that kind of stuff. Well, Jesus said, I am telling you this. I'm telling you that God is pruning you, that you would be more fruitful so that my joy and your joy would be full and complete. That's what Jesus' heart is for you, that you would be full of joy. I don't know about you, but I get tired of running on empty, running in my own strength, doing my own things. And I oftentimes will come to a place where I feel like there must be more. And Jesus is saying, yep, there is more. I'm telling you this so that my joy may be in you. That's what he said. <laughs> he wants his joy in you. 
Isn't that great news? Man, I just love that. I just like, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being so gracious and kind that you want your joy in me and that your joy would be complete. Then uh, in verse 4 of chapter 15, I'm kind of jumping around in that chapter. If you've got your Bible, uh, you can follow it, though. It's not that hard. Jesus said, it's time to remain. Verse 4 says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. And I quoted verse 5 earlier. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And that he kept saying that. If I remain in you and you remain in me, you remain in me, I remain in you. And, and uh, what Jesus is saying in this verse is asking us, would we take time to be rooted and connected to him? And I love Pastor Kimmy uh, in her video this week to our connect groups. She said, Jesus uh, is inviting us to be with him. That, that word in, remain in me, Jesus is saying, I want you with me. That's what he's saying. You can't crawl inside of him and all that. It's not that weird. He's just saying, I need you with me, and I'll be with you. But you know what that takes? It takes intention. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes time. It takes our time to, in order to remain in him. Jesus is on this mission to cause you to be more fruitful. And when God says it has to go, he's preparing you for breakthrough. He's preparing you for breakthrough in your life. And he's inviting you to remain in him. So how do we remain in Jesus? I want to give you three tips as we close here today. Number one, we surrender who will have our time. Say that, who. Who. We surrender who will have our time. You know the greatest battle you're going to face in your Christian walk is for time. I'll guarantee the reason why you don't remain in Jesus because you haven't taken the time. And because there's a battle for your time. The devil wants your time. People want your time. You, we get mixed up and we give our time to other things, whatever. But Jesus is asking us to give him the priority of our time. If we wrote down everything we did in a month on a calendar and we looked at that calendar, I suspect that most of our calendars would reveal who the most important person is in our life. Me, 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 me. <laughs> We're each our most important person. And we give ourselves time to do whatever. But have we given Jesus the priority of our time? Who, we, who will have our time? We've got to surrender that. Number two, how do we remember, uh, remain in Jesus? We surrender what will have our time. Now I talked earlier about memorizing the scripture. And I know lots of you in your mind right away just said, you know, I'm too old. Uh, that's what kids do. You just said, I can't, I'm not even going to, Pastor Greg, there's a lot of stuff you say that I agree with, but that is not one. <laughs> Whatever you said, I don't know. I know a lot of you did not agree with me to memorize the scripture. But you know what? You can memorize the scripture. More than that, you are going to receive life as you memorize the scripture. We have to surrender what will have our time. What will we spend our time doing? Number three, 
Will we surrender our will for God's will? Will we surrender our will for God's will? You know, Jesus is the perfecter of our faith, not us. We have to surrender to him. Pastor Kimmy was preaching on that, Hebrews chapter 12, last week. That Jesus is the one. He's calling us to run full sand for him, right? So Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me. Why don't we say this out loud together? If you're at home watching, you can say this out loud too. It should be on your screen. You will seek me and you will find me because you will seek me with all your heart. With all your heart, right? So that's what we were just talking about. Who will have our time? What will have our time? And whose will will we surrender to? Our will or God's will? That's, a, that's the answers. We just, we asked the questions and Jeremiah prophetically declared that we would seek God. We would find God and we would know him with all of our heart as we saw him. So I want to just end today with three questions for you. And so if you have your journal, get, get those out. And if you just got a piece of paper, that's fine too. It'll work. We're just going to take a couple of minutes uh, this morning. If you're at home, don't go to sleep. This is a time for God to speak to us and for us to respond to him. I'd like you just to look at the first question. What is one thing Jesus is asking you to do this fall to seek him more? You will seek me, Jeremiah said. What's one thing God wants you to do to seek him more? You know, it's going to take intention. If you're going to seek God, you're going to have to intentionally do it. So I'm going to ask you, what less important thing is holding you back from seeking God? What is it that he might be pruning in your life this week, this fall? What's one thing? Just give him a chance to speak to you. Lord, just speak to us. Is there something? It has to go. That you're saying it has to go.